I'm Sean McCormick, and this is Optimal Performance. Ethanol converts in the liver to acetylaldehyde. That's the toxin. That's what's you know super toxic. That's what gives you the hangovers, makes you crave more and more of it. When you have one can, you want another and another and another. And this doesn't do any of that. And a, a relaxation sense, some people say that it's kind of like a Xanax, a little bit of a, a healthier buzz. So we call it a, a buzz with benefits. That everyone is Frank Losa, and you heard him correct. There is a brand new type of alcohol out there right in time for summer, and it's called R13. Frank is a pioneer in the ketone space. He's the founder of KetoneAid, and I had him on the podcast back on episode 159 years ago to talk about the different products that he makes to boost ketones for greater mental clarity, to get off the wheel of sugar-fueling energy. And now he has this incredible line of products that's literally keto alcohol. In this episode, we talk all about how it's made, what is it, what's in it, and I've tried it a couple of times and I really like it. It is a different type of buzz. This is not like this sort of droopy, sedated type of buzz that you get from basically all other ethanol-based alcohols. This thing is something completely different. In this podcast, we talk about how ethanol is converted in the liver, resulting in headaches, nausea, etc., dehydration. We talk about how hard kombucha is just ethanol alcohol with some probiotics in it and why this R13 product, which is available for purchase online, is better. I mean, it's better than the hard seltzers that everybody's drinking, that everybody who is calorie conscious, you know, uh, why it's better than that. And it's a really interesting conversation, a look at a whole new product way before like everybody else knows about it. You can get a discount on shipping if you go to ketonaid.com and just look at their R13 products. Uh, there's like a gin and tonic. There's uh, there's like a seltzer. Man, uh, I'm kind of excited for this because I realize that if you are putting in all of this work all week long, you're diligent about your diet, you're working on your fitness, your nutrition is dialed, but then you kind of you kind of derail that on a Friday or Saturday night by having a whole bottle of wine or like six or seven beers. Well, this might be the answer to all of that backpedaling that happens as you undo all of your discipline all week. So go check it out. There's a, uh, he'll pay for shipping if you use the code OPP. You know, as always, I aim to provide you with not only new ways of thinking and approaching performance, but also new products because I love cutting edge products and I think that you do too. Uh, so I hope that you gain a lot of information from this podcast. And you know, if you feel compelled, you wanna try it out, I would buy more than one. I would buy, you know, six or seven because one is kind of not enough and two is kind of just right to get that that right, that nice buzz. <laughs> We're all adults here, right? I'm so excited to bring this to you. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Frank Losa. Welcome everyone to the Optimal Performance Podcast. My name is Sean McCormick. I'm a life coach, performance coach, wellness entrepreneur, and it's my pleasure to bring to you every single week the world's leaders in the field of performance so that you can live your life at its most optimal level. Plus, cutting edge ideas so that you can stay ahead of the curve in an ever-changing world. Let's dig right in.
And I'm here with Frank Losa. He's the founder and CEO. He's the head honcho at Ketonade, returning for his second appearance. Frank, welcome back to the Optimal Performance Podcast. Thank you. Today, we're also going to touch upon a new company that I have called Hard Ketones and, and that uh, ketogenic ethanol-free alcohol. We can touch upon that as well. Let's dive right into that. I'll let you set it up. So what was the catalyst for creating a ketone alcohol? Right. So the first thing people hear when they hear that, the first thing that they're going to think is that we added ketones to alcohol. So this is, you know, we have to reset uh, the mind and expectations that this is a completely new type of alcohol. And I found that maybe 50, 60% of people don't realize that ethanol is the base for beer, vodka, wine, every single drinkable alcohol today is ethanol based. People kind of say the word, you know, I don't drink or or uh, I don't drink alcohol, what they're referring to is ethanol. Because technically, alcohol is a classification of chemicals, and there can be several different types of alcohol, such as rubbing alcohol for your, uh, for your wounds or you know, alcohol to clean your, clean your hands from the coronavirus and stuff like that. So those are all alcohol. Um, and, but ethanol is the only one that anyone has been able to drink you know, until now. So this is uh, the main ingredient is called R13-butanediol. So to get to that story, just have to back up real quick. Uh, the other sister company, Ketonaid, sells ketone ester. This is uh, what we call KE4. We have you know, KE1, which tastes much better, more diluted. And then we have the snake water. I don't know if you've ever gotten that one. I got to get no, you that. No, never tried that. KU1, so it's more diluted, but it's got like 15 other nootropics. It's just like the kitchen sink. You know, it's so good that it's unbelievable. And we call it the world's best sports drink with an asterisk. And then we say it may or may not be true. Um, so those are our fun drinks. So the way that the ketone ester works, it's, it's a bond of beta-hydroxybutyrate, the free acid, and uh, R13-butanediol together in, into a bond, an ester bond. It's very expensive to make the bond. And when you consume it, it actually goes into the bloodstream in the ester form and then separates there. So then you have a fast release of beta-hydroxybutyrate ketones, DBHB, and then you have a slow release of R13-butanediol that goes through the liver after multiple passes, it goes through the liver and converts to beta-hydroxybutyrate. So then I asked the like 70, 80% of it converts to beta-hydroxybutyrate as opposed to let's say C8 MCT oil where 10 to 15% of it converts to to beta-hydroxybutyrate. So you have a whole bunch of you know, fat and calories that are unnecessary. So then I asked the scientist, Dr. Veach, so that's my connection to all of this. My wife's godfather is Dr. Richard Veach. And do I have one of the books here? I do. So if you really want to take a deep dive, Ketones, the fourth fuel, this is Dr. Veach right here. And, and I asked him, why not just give R13-butanediol? Because it's a lot less expensive than making the ester and all that, that expense. And his, his answer was epic. The mice were stumbling. <laughs> so you know the mice got drunk and that was just that was it they just they threw it out uh, and that's when i realized that maybe we had an opportunity here because some people might want that now the goal is for not for people to drink i mean the quantity that they, the mice had to drink was probably like half their weight or whatever just huge huge quantities and that's not our goal but yeah you know, i thought humans might like a little bit of a, a healthier buzz so we call it a, a buzz with benefits and that's when that's when this drink came out which is just R13-butanediol, 12 grams. That's about 4% of this can, 12.5 grams of R13. Skyrockets your ketones. But the only downside, which is good for some people, 
is that you get a little bit of a buzz and a, a relaxation sense. Some people say that it's kind of like a Xanax. Uh, initially, when we gave out the prototypes, people thought of us as a sports performance company because we, I mean, the Quito National, we sell to 80% of the Tour de France teams. Like they all use our stuff right now. Um, I could say higher than that percentage, but then then NDA start <laughs> kicking in. Uh-huh. But pretty much it's just, you know, rampant there. Um, but they started to take our drink, you know, pre-workout and they said, hey, they're on on the treadmill and they saw this couch and all they could think about was, I'd rather just be sitting over there relaxing. So it's just a different molecule, even though it has ketones in your blood and ketones are thought of as energy. It's just, it just does unexpected and different things. I think I sent you some, I sent you the, the seltzer, but then I sent you our second drink. The GNT has no gin, has no tonic, um, but it kind of has a juniper sense. And then our, our third drink, which I need to get to you, which is the ginger mule, which has been, which was at this recent conference, hands down the winner in, in, in terms of taste. Um, go ahead. It's so exciting, man, because I think, you know, for folks who are health conscious, whether or not they know of the, the ketone aid products, if they're eating for ketosis or they're just going low carb, you know, regardless of their activity level, they understand the benefits of going low carb. Hopefully maybe they get into ketosis. They, you know, they, they know that sort of arena and to be able to bridge that gap from, okay, you're a type a high performer. Maybe you're on the tour de France. Maybe you're just a week weekend warrior type, but you, you know, it's Friday night, Saturday night, and you want to relax to be able to have a, an alcoholic beverage that skyrockets your ketones that gives you this sweet buzz is I think, I think it's a game changer for, for people who are, who are interested in their fitness. Yeah. And and it actually goes well beyond the ketogenic world. We actually were going to put the, in the main name that we call it R13 after the molecule, but we were going to put the word ketone in there, but this is so much bigger than people that are just keto because it's more about general health and one quick chemistry lesson ethanol converts in the liver to acetylaldehyde. That's the toxin. That's what's you know super toxic. That's what gives you the hangovers, makes you crave more and more of it. When you have one can, you want another and another and another. Um, you wake up you know, dehydrated or, or hungover. And this doesn't do any of that. So it's when people say, I don't drink, I'm like, either do I, I don't drink ethanol. And, and I, then I ask them, why do you not drink? And they'll list, you know, I'll just my HRV is wrecked. Or the next day, you know, it takes me a couple of days to recover. Well, if it doesn't do all those things, then you know, it doesn't count in terms of you know, you know, people who say you know I don't drink. And actually, I just got a text the other day from someone saying that they slept so well. And I've been saying that people sleep better than if they had ethanol, and that's a no-brainer. But he said that it was better than his baseline sleep of no alcohol whatsoever. So hmm. raising his ketones and his morning recovery was even better than you know just regular water the night before so we're talking about a whole new you know genre um compared to ethanol it's no-brainer so if people are trying to get off of ethanol this helps people uh transition over it to it and we had this one biohacking woman who was a nurse and she would drink one bottle of wine each night and she would also do cold baths and stuff so super biohacking super healthy except for this one vice she switched over to just two cans of this stuff and then 30 days later i said hey how's it going you know are you doing any wine she hadn't had any wine and she also said that she woke up and it was like the days that she had taken the ice baths so just her inflammation she could see it in her the lack of inflammation to see it in her face in her body so massive difference versus ethanol 
And then another 60 days later, I check in on her and she's like, I've got some bad news. I'm like, oh, you went back to wine. You got bored of it. She said, no, I'm not drinking. Well, I'm not drinking your drink anymore. And I was like, oh, okay. And then she said, I said, you're going back to wine. And she's like, no, I'm not drinking wine either. I just want, you know, I'm now just drink, now just drinking water. I was like, oh, that's perfect. You went from, you know, super addictive alcohol, transitioned with no problem, and then got off of that. Like, great. So now she just brings the drinks with her to special occasions, friends' houses every weekend. And that's it for her. So I think it has a lot of promise to help people, you know, get off of ethanol. And for those people that wish that they don't really drink, but just wish they could have, you know, a drink or two without being, you know, hung over and wrecked the next day, it's, it's perfect for them as well. Can, can you speculate, and I won't hold you to it, but can you speculate why it might provide a better or deeper sleep for someone who, who doesn't drink, but had, you know, had one of, uh, you know, had one of the R13s and, and, and got better sleep. Like what, what, what's your, what's your idea there? Well, we don't know for sure, but the KE4, the author of the book, Ketones of Fourth Fuel, actually, he discovered, hey, Frank, I took 10 mLs of your drink and I slept like a baby last night. And I was like, no, 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 you know, don't take that. That's energy. It's going to mess you up. He's like, Frank, I'm telling you. And then we have a support group of a couple thousand people and we told them on our Facebook group and they started using it. And now one third of our Amazon reviews are people taking half of a cap full to one cap full, just a you dollar, know, two dollars worth of this stuff immediately before bed. So not to help you go to bed, but immediately before bed. And you know, Mike Mutzel, he shows us his aura ring data. Here's my entire week. And then here's one night of you know, KE4 before bed. And then you know, went back, back down. We don't know why it works. It might have something to do with you know, the natural melatonin in your system, increasing absorption, or it could just be general recovery. Like Tour de France athletes, when they did a clinical trial and they took it three times a day during a simulated Tour de France, they took an entire bottle before bed, which is crazy. If I take that, it'll just destroy my sleep. It actually too much ruins your sleep. But uh, they were 15% faster in a time trial, you know, two or three weeks later after using it multiple days. So just the recovery aspect, recovering, mm. you know, muscles, just fatigue. Um, so it just might just be doing that. And the fact that you have no food afterward is great because food kind of any type of food, even keto food will give you a little bit of a blood glucose spike, maybe an insulin spike. And, you know, that interferes with ketone absorption, taking it by itself right before bed is great because it goes, you know, you know, untouched uh, for six to eight hours afterward. So, but the R13 is kind of, uh, while you can take it later at night, you know, before bed, we kind of designed it for people that want to get home from work and just crack open that one beer as a replacement for that, the, the after work relaxation type effect. What did you feel when you took it? This episode is brought to you by the Spartan Race. You know, I have always admired the people that I've seen online, social media, who go out and do these sorts of obstacle course races because I've never done one. And so I'm doing one. And I invite you to come along with me. On August 13th and 14th, I will be at the Seattle Spartan Race. And I would love for you to meet me there. Uh, I've started my training already. And I'm really looking forward to pushing myself. You see, I hate running. Even though I was a college athlete, I hate running. And the idea of pushing myself to this level to do something hard with this massive reward of completion is something that I'm really excited to try. And Spartan has given me a bunch of free tickets to give away. All you've got to do is film a short video of yourself training for the Spartan race 
and then use hashtag Spartan training and tag at Spartan and tag at real Sean McCormick and then send me a screen grab to earn a free race. It's really that simple. All you got to do, work out, do hashtag Spartan training, tag Spartan, tag me on Instagram and I'll give you some free tickets. I mean, you can't beat that offer. I would love to meet some of my local Pacific Northwest friends and listeners of this podcast. And I'm also getting my kids involved. So hopefully I will see you at the Spartan race in August. Yeah, (laughs) I felt a, a different kind of relaxation bodily and cognitively that is unlike anything that I'd ever tried before, you know, and I, you know, me, like I experiment with all sorts of, of nootropics and, and elixirs and tonics and so forth. And it, it was a little surprising because I've never taken a Xanax, you know, I don't, I don't know what that, what that reference is like, but to have my whole body be relaxed and good, my mood relaxed and good cognitively relaxed, but not like as a sedative. And I think that there's a distinction. Like I didn't feel sedated like I do from, you know, two IPAs or, you know, two glasses of wine. I felt like a, like a whole body relaxation that, uh, that lasted until I went to bed. I think one night I had one and was like, Oh, there's a little something there. And then I think the next night I had two and was like, okay, there's definitely something there. I was smiling. I was, I was relaxed. Uh, and but you're and, more awake. That that's the key. More awake. So if you right. go to a party, you have gen, your, your regular genotonic, and your eyes start getting sleepy. I gave you know my cousin one of these, and suddenly his eyes were open, and he didn't get you know four hours of sleep the night before. He's like, but not not an energy type like caffeine energy buzz, nothing like that. It's just being like in a flow state, you know, alert, but a little bit of a buzz and and giddy. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I like the, the connection to the flow state because it is, it is like that. And, and I think f- for, f- again, for a guy like myself, and I think for people who, who are interested in trying new things, it, it, it is, it, it was a little uh, surprising because it was unlike any other buzz I've had, you know, and being a fan of cannabis and red wine from time to time, like I know what that feels like. This was something totally different where you're right. I felt, I felt relaxed, but alert, um, but not energized. You know, I was, I was present, I guess is the, is the right word. I was present. I was relaxed. My body felt good. That sort of tension that builds up <clears throat> over the day in your shoulders and your neck kind of falls down and back yeah. a little bit more relaxed, you know, jokey with my kids. Um, for recognition of the application of R13 cuz i'm thinking like if you've if you've if you've found and created is there like a nobel prize for <laughs> for this for these sorts of products or or yeah. have you entered them in alcohol you know uh, uh summits or you know conferences no this is way too confusing for most people to understand in, in that <laughs> world because like you know whether one of these retail stores that sell beer and wine you know, does it go in the alcohol section? Does it go in the non-alcoholic section? It's just like, well, it, it's real confusing. So it's it's really brand new. People are really starting to understand it. You kind of got that light bulb. You you understand it. You get it. But the potential of this is huge. And one could actually look at it as once we get all the different flavors. So we go down and we're going to get a beer. 
and then get you know different types of beer and then mimosas uh, champagne just every single thing that can be made with ethanol making it with this instead as a substitute there'd be very little reason to drink ethanol in the future just no reason once we have enough you know options for you and i guess the only reason might be cost it's always going right. to cost a little bit more but actually in the end costs less because you know with the beer we had this one person recovering alcoholic she would have you know uh, half of a sip or have a, a sip of beer on a 12 pack. And she said the entire 12 pack would be gone. And she'd wake up the next day thinking about beer. And with this, she was able to drink half of a can and put it away and not even, you know, wake up the next morning morning and not even think about alcohol. So it just, uh, it can really help people that are, you know, trying to get off of their, you know, ethanol cravings, but it'll cost less because you drink fewer cans of it. So people, mm -hmm. people that don't have, um, you know, hard cravings for ethanol, they'll have one can of beer and they just tendencies to have another and another. And before you know it, you've got four or five here. We actually put on the can, tried taking a drink after, uh, after your, your work and skip dinner. You just, it makes you full just not needing to have another and another. And, and that buzz you're saying is also very short lived. People have said that it might only be like a 15 or 20 minute period and you, you nailed it on the one to two drinks. The one drink, you kind of wonder, oh, is this just me being in a good mood? You know, maybe it's just me. When you have two, then you know, okay, this is really doing something. And then people cut back to one because they know, okay, now they know what to look for. Mm. You know, that one was you know, good enough. But this isn't one of those keg stand type drinks where you just want to pound more and more and you yeah. get wasted drunk. This is just more of a, you know, take one or two and you're good. Or, you know, if there's a four hour summer event, you know, uh, where you're cooking outside, you might have three spread out over the hours and just, you know, feel content and not that desire to drink, you know, more and more. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't experience it as short lived myself. You know, I, it for me, it was, it, it was an hour or two and well, the buzz, the buzz might be the buzz, the, the no, 15, you know, the, the entire, because one thing is having the good feeling. Another thing is having like mm. the fingertips, having a little bit of a uh, buzz vibration and then feeling 10% lighter. Some people will feel that for a short period of time, but then the mood, you know, the better mood will be longer. Just, yeah. You know, some people's experience. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm just out of the, out of the alcohol interoception, you know, where, <laughs> where I can't differentiate between a buzz and a mood shift, you know, sure. but, but, but for me, you know, it was, it was really when I had two that. 45 minutes, an hour, hour and a half later, you know, just, is this, is this the first of its kind? Is this the first time this has ever been released to yeah. the public? Yeah. Yeah. We were the world's first, you know, launching of the ethanol free ketogenic alcohol. And, you know, when that, when I had that conversation about the mice, that's when I went home and filed a patent on it. And I said, I think people would like this. And I've been wanting to do this for, you know, four years, but the ketone ester, we've been, we manufactured in the US. We don't just buy stuff from China and put a label on it. We actually have to make it. It's very hard to get the purity up and scaling it up. We were sold out for many months at a time. So we had to be laser focused on that because you have the as an entrepreneur, you have this red shiny apple syndrome. You're just like, well, what about this idea? What about this mm -hmm. idea? So it's always been one of those shiny apples. And and then finally decided, hey, let's let's do this. We can make it taste good. The actually, I mean the ketone ester KE4 tastes you know, horrible, super strong, like a shot of ginger. The KE1 tastes much better, but with the R13 brand, we're trying to actually go into mainstream 
tasting pretty dang good. Um, and the, the GNT is a very flavorful drink. If you don't like regular GNT, you're not going to like this. You won't magically switch over, but it has a lot of just things going around, going on where we don't actually cover up the alcohol flavor in the GNT. We don't use bitter blockers because it works with the juniper and the tonic, whereas the seltzer, we're actually trying to cover it up more. So you don't, you know, taste that alcohol, uh, nearly as much. And the mule with the ginger bite also works really well. We don't, where we don't need to cover up the alcohol, but it works well, but eventually we'll have lemonades and hard lemonades that are designed to taste, you know, super yummy, but yeah, no one's, no one else has done this. I've been wanting to do it for four years. I knew it'd be a hit. And then finally we did it and we sold out of the first few batches real quickly. And the Holy grail still is the beer, but it's really hard to make a no ethanol, zero ethanol beer. That's also low carb. So you got the Miller lights of the world that have, you know, low carb, but then they have alcohol. So it's hard to get, you know, both of those variables together. And then we pour in this alcohol and it, uh, it matches, it tastes like hops. So Hmm. it'd be one of the things I can, we'd also make it uh, gluten-free. I could see myself having, you know, one, maybe two of these every single day, just cracking open a beer after the end of the day. Um, yeah. that's really my drink. So I've been really passionate about trying to get that over the line. <laughs> yeah. I'm a beer fan too. I'll be, I'll be excited to, to see that come to market. You know, I know that you've got a, a, a really robust community, uh, on Facebook and, and watching you, you know, ask questions and ask for feedback and oh, you're on there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. fun to watch. You know, I, I we have a I lot of voting. We, we vote for the next flavors and everything. Yeah. It's really cool. And, and, and there's gotta be at least a handful of people that got hammered on it. And I'm super curious if there's, if you, there's anybody in the group that had like five or six and, and what that effect was. Um, we've had people take more than the three maximum per day recommended amount. And, you know, we do say on the can, don't drive if you're intoxicated. So you, you know, definitely have to be yeah. aware of yourself. Um, and, and they did get a little bit of a, a hangover because um, they had, you know, too many, but it was mostly a dehydration thing. So the first thing in the morning, uh, a glass of wa- a glass of water and you're fine. And, and that person is me, by the way, <laughs> at, the <metabolic, laughs> at the metabolic conference, we had a, a party and, and had maybe, you know, 20 people there. And I was like, I think this might be a good, you know, for science, take down a few. And I had, uh, I had several and I woke up with a little bit of a headache. So I was like, Oh, I can't say that anymore. I can't say no headache, <laughs> but, um, but it was much better than if I had, you know, five or six of, of any other type of, uh, type of drink. Yeah. This really is a new vertical, right? This is, this is a, a brand new patented product. Where do you see it going in five years? I hope to do a lot of clinical trials on what it might be able to, to do to help people get off of ethanol cravings. So that's, you know, where I really want to uh, spend some, mm. some time on, but yeah, I think it will just become mainstream, just like kind of hard seltzers came into the marketplace. And the goal I think of hard seltzers was having the healthiest of alcohol that they could, you know, people gravitate to that because it has the lowest carbs or no carbs. And so it's got lower sugar. So people consider it, healthier, but really just taking it just leaps and bounds to another step. So there's hard kombuchas that are, you know, they, they claim that they, you know, have some benefits, but all it is is regular ethanol and a little bit of probiotics. Like you can take a probiotic pill. It's nothing really Mm. revolutionary or just, but this is like a complete 
quantum jump, but it takes a long time for the word to get out. It takes a long time for people to figure things out and you're skeptical. And uh, one thing that's kind of interesting is I'm finding people that are buying the, the R13 as their first time customer, and then it works. And then they start saying, oh, what are these other things that they're selling, like the ketone ester and stuff, stuff uh-huh. that they might not have gravitated to because nothing works nowadays. You have to take them for 30 days, scratch your head, and you don't feel things right away. People want to feel things. And and now I'm finding people buying the ketone ester product, being introduced to it, you know, from the R13 angle. And that's, you know, that's been pretty neat as well that they're getting benefit for that. So the ketone ester, they'll take more pre-workout, post-workout recovery, appetite suppression. Um, and then they're using this more for, you know, after hours, relaxation, you know, on the beach type, uh, type drink. Mm, on the beach, on the yeah. beach sounds good. <laughs> Is there any reason or fear that people may have to be overdoing all the ketone esters? Like if they're if they're doing ketone esters all day, maybe they're using it to perform athletically. Maybe they're using it as a cognitive enhancer. Like if you do if you do it a couple of times, I know you've got a recommended dosage, but if right. everybody takes it too far, especially biohackers, so is there a point at which uh, you hit a wall at, at any point? does your system sort of reject it at a certain level of capacity? Cause if you're doing it all day and then you're having one or two a night uh, to unwind, is there, is there a point of diminishing returns? Well, then they work well together. So I, th- I can see an athlete taking it or Tour de France athlete taking the ketone ester during the day, during their cycling. And then afterward, instead of, you know, they're celebrating some stage win, instead of having a beer or champagne, having this, like, let's get mm. you know, your ketones up while having a little bit of a buzz. They're fine. They work well together. But yeah, you can take too much water. Like the people die from marathons drinking too much water. So someone's going to abuse it. But our hope is that we, you know, we tailor it to only 21 and over. We recommend no need more than, you know, three cans. Um, someone's going to, someone's going to abuse it. And we hope that doesn't ruin it, you know, for everybody else. Cause then, you know, some headlines might come out that someone took too much and, and yeah, your, 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 your ketones could skyrocket too much or your blood sugar might drop too much. Um, it's just not recommended, you know, to, to take too much. And I hope someone, you know, people won't, you know, take advantage of it and try to do something stupid, like some, some TikTok challenge or something. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> At least it's expensive. That's one thing that would, 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 well, expensive is relative, you know, same it's price relative. Like beer, you know, four or five bucks, but you know, right. people that want to get hammered, they buy the $1 paps, you know, beer and, you know, they'll, they'll kind of focus on that to, to get drunk. Our, our goal is not for that. Our goal is just for that, that slight buzz. I, I think for people who enjoy alcohol and have can tell, and they know a difference between, you know, a Bud Light, which is basically just a can of sugar uh, versus a, you know, Belgian Le Fin du Monde, which is, you know, it's like 12 bucks for, for like 18 ounces in those really nice glass bottles. I think that it, and also similarly to, you know, a, a yellow tail, uh, red wine that you get at Costco versus a dry farm wine, which is lower in alcohol and doesn't have glyphosate and, and added nitrates to it. I think that there, a, a lot of folks kind of understand the distinction between quality alcohol that, that, uh, that agrees with them a little bit more. It's not going to give them, you know, disaster pants in the morning or a headache or uh, bloating too bad. And, and so 
given that understanding, you know, to now introduce something else, uh, a brand new product that they've never tried before and say, you know, here, here are the benefits that you can look forward to. This will keep you in, this will keep you in ketosis. This will skyrocket your, your ketones. I think it breaks the lid open for, again, like the type A people who work hard, play hard. Yeah, let's talk about the keto people. So uh, initial early adopters are people that are in the keto world. And the number one complaint for people trying to enter you know, keto is, oh, but I can't stop my one glass of wine or one, my one beer a day. So that's like the, a leading obstacle. And regular ethanol will just kick you out of ketosis. And so then you're back to starting all over again. It takes another, you know, half a week or a week because it fills your glycogen stores mm. and it just kicks, messes up ketosis. This actually keeps you in deeper ketosis. So your depends how you define ketosis. It keeps your blood ketones up, doesn't refill your glycogen stores. So it doesn't kick you out of ketosis, but let's make clear that it doesn't burn fat for you. That would be you know, too revolutionary. It's not a, an alcoholic drink that makes you lose weight. It doesn't, it doesn't do that. And people kind of confuse if you're in, if you're not in ketosis, you're at zero, zero, you take an exogenous ketone and your ketones go up in your blood. They think, Oh my God, I'm burning fat. I'm actually using my fat stores, but no, that's not how this works. (laughs) Any of these exogenous ketones, it actually skips that fat burning stage and goes directly into your bloodstream. But then it has, you know, some of the benefits of having ketones in there. But um, yes, for people that are already, you know, keto and they're just frustrated because there's nothing they can drink or they try to find the best of the worst. I think vodka and soda water, soda water tends to be, you know, the, the best, least likely to kick you out of ketosis. It'll still kick you out, but this is something that won't even kick you out at all, skyrocket your ketones. And yeah, it's just completely just different classification. It's kind of hard for people initially get, you know, to wrap their head around it. Yeah. I, I took it over. Yeah. Wrap people wrapping their head around it. I took, I took a couple over to a monthly poker game uh, okay. across, across the way and, you know, six dudes, you know, three of them are getting their diet, right. They're, you know, former athletes that got away from them. They're carrying around some extra weight. They found, you know, uh, keto as a way to eat or just low carb and they love the way it makes them feel. And now they only drink, you know, seltzer waters. They only drink the, the, uh, the alcoholic seltzers yep. they'll, but they'll drink like, you know, eight of them, nine of them, 10 of them, you know, over a four hour poker game. And then they wake up and they hate the world and they're frustrated. And, and I brought, I brought a couple over for these guys to try and they were blown. They were blown away. I had to explain to them, you know, the origin uh, of your company and, 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 you know, taking in exogenous ketones because they had never really like, they, they hadn't gone down that rabbit hole yet. Yeah. And I had them taste taste them and you know these are these are guys that spend spend lots of money on stuff they and they're like wait a minute wait a minute so i can i can switch to this i could drink this instead and this is going to keep me in ketosis and i said well yeah you can't eat a pizza uh before one of these and then expect it to like bring you back but it did bring up an interesting question you know if if someone slips a little bit or uh you know dietarily sort of slips out of ketosis does this does this have the same effect of course correction to introduce new ketones the same way? Great question. And a lot, every other company except for mine will say yes. Mm. But my, I maintain no, because it's about your glycogen stores. It's a, it's a battery and that battery of glucose glycogen has to go to zero for then the body to say, oh, emergency mode, 
now let's turn to your fat reserves and, and burn fat. If, if you fill it up, have a little bit of a cheat, you know, th this doesn't make that go away. You still have that, that battery that you need to burn off, you know, before you get back into ketosis. Now you could technically use any of these exogenous ketones to skip a meal after a cheat day. So, you know, you cheat on Friday and you say, oh, I'm not going to eat for 24, 36 hours. And you take a small amount of ketone esters or the R13. Sure. But it's that fasting that's really getting you back into ketosis, not the, um, not, it doesn't overcome or erase, you know, the cake in and of itself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and no. so I got, I mean, early on, I had people say, oh, oh, I took your drink last night and then I had pasta and I woke up a couple of pounds heavier. What's going on? It's like, no, no, like that's so far Come from on. understanding what's going on. Like I literally, I, I need to find that and post that on Twitter because <laughs> that's the type of stuff. And so we say, I mean, my wife says, you can't sell for weight loss unless I lose weight on it. Like if my wife hasn't lost weight on it, cause every, not every, but many women always want, you know, to be five or 10 pounds lighter. Um, so yeah, we don't market it for weight loss, but the one thing that kind of stinks is that there's this group of exogenous ketones called ketone salts. And then people will take that to enter into ketosis, but what, and they find that it works. It works for two reasons. Most of them have caffeine in it. So the ketones, multiply that caffeine so you think oh this is only the equivalent of one cup of coffee but it feels like two or three but not uh. in like a good way because it's like taking twice the amount of caffeine because it delivers more caffeine and it's a stimulant and what goes up will then correspondingly you know go down um but also the lack of salt people enter into a ketogenic diet they need massive massive salt load because they lose all of this water because every molecule of glucose is attached to a molecule of water you lose your glucose you lose your water you lose pounds of water which then leads to massive amount of salt loss. And then people even sometimes go to the hospital because they've, they're too salt depleted entering mm. into a ketogenic diet. So they take these ketone salts and they're like, wow, these work great. It's the salt. You could have just, you know, could have just used the salt. Um, but yeah, people, people will use exogenous ketones for the keto flu because part of it is also the, the mind, the mind, doesn't have the glucose in the system and it hasn't started making ketones yet. So you have this like period where you're just depleted of uh, you know, fuel for your brain. So people will use exogenous ketones to kind of fill that, fill that mm. gap, but it doesn't really, you know, burn off that glycogen source. Do it. I learned from Ryan Lowry, do wind sprints. A 30 second wind sprint is a, it's a great way to get back into ketosis. Just burn off that, that glycogen that some people will take, you know, a day's, one day or even a few days to burn off the glycogen, get on a stationary bike, go all out for one minute. You might be able to help go down to zero so you can start, you know, kicking in your natural hmm. right away. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Especially if you have a ketone meter and you're actually testing it, you know, accurately rather than, you know, blindly trying to think, you know, oh, I must be, I must be in ketosis now. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Maybe you are, maybe you're not. Yeah, the ketone blood meters are the easiest, or not necessarily the easiest, but most accurate, accurate with exogenous ketones because the breath meter and the urine tests, uh, breath meter works a few hours later. The urine test is what your body's not using. Um, so the blood tests are the best. And yeah, I would say, you know, 70, 80% of people that think they're keto, if they haven't tested their blood, they're probably not keto. They're just eating too much protein or they're just not eating enough fat because it's just mind boggling. The thought of having 80% fat, they're like, well, that can't be real. Um, so yeah, getting a ketone meter. Cause otherwise you can just be in this state for a few weeks where you're not fully into ketosis, but you have no glucose glucose. And then they come back and say, Oh, 
the ketogenic diet wasn't for my body type or something like that. It's like, no, mm-hmm. you, you probably just did it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's never, it's never their fault. It's always somebody else's fault. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, the salt, the, the salt depletion in keto reminds me of uh, Rob Wolf and his uh, element products. Yeah. If you're familiar and he was no, saying, that's great, great. Use that instead of, you know, ketone salts to, you know, enter into a ketogenic diet. Yeah. 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 And he was, he was saying that he makes uh, margaritas uh, on the weekends with it. And uh, there's, there's tons of awesome flavors. It's a really, really great product. And I wonder if there's like a crossover, you know, it's like a, like a, an, uh, an R13 element, R13 LMNT, uh, you know, daiquiri or something like that. <laughs> potentially. Yeah. Well, we, we want to make a margarita. We want to make mojitos. Um, and just, you know, line it with the element uh, salt would be, you know, a great mix. Yeah. Yeah. We just have to get him off of that uh, ethanol based margarita and, you know, show this to him. Yeah. Yeah. When this when when I publish this, I'll send this over to him and say, hey, there's something there's something brewing here. What what do I like to ask this question? Because it, it, it does reveal, you know, people's objections and so forth. What, what, what do the haters say? You know, what do the skeptics say? And, and, and when I ask this question occasionally, you know, a product maker will say, yeah, we've got this YouTuber that just like destroyed us on YouTube. They've got 7 million followers and they talked about how our product didn't work and our sales skyrocketed. So leaning into the skeptics is a really good idea, but I'm curious, like, like how do people try to uh, talk this away? So Taste has been the first thing that we're the expectation for people that are keto and have no alternatives. They're like, you know, they love it. And our seltzer, we designed it to to be very lightly sweet, like very lightly sweet. And so much so that it's objectionable. So some people that are used to the Coca-Colas and the sodas, so it's very low on the sweetness. So, you know, if you're comparing this to a, uh, a super sugary, you know, margarita ready to drink, can it's just not going to taste like that so the people that are in the biohacking and mainstream world have loved the taste not non-mainstream just biohacking and keto you know they've enjoyed it but people that are 100 not keto just you know my relatives for example they'll drink it and they'll be like no 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 this isn't this isn't there yet they, they need the sweetness punched up but i've also learned that the the spectrum of taste buds i just really never huh. fully understood it because we'll have some people that say that are seltzer's too sweet and i'm like too sweet like i mean it's it's you know to me very unsweet but for them they would rather have sawdust like just you know, they want to <laughs> eat wood or something because I, I don't get it um so it's mainly taste there's a couple people that have drank uh three and they did not feel a buzz we even had a poll of like what percentage feel a buzz at half a can one can two cans and most people are where you are one can they're not sure and then two cans that kind of confirms it. And we have this one uh, place in Chicago that sells it at, at a store. Right now it's all direct to consumer, but he has the first store that carries it. And he says, whenever someone comes in and buy one, I never see them again. Well, not never, but just less likely to see them again. When they buy two, it's just, you know, almost all of them come back because you hmm. really need that second can to really, really feel it. But we've had some people that have taken three or even more that felt nothing. And they were just like, you know, you're crazy. This isn't doing anything. And who knows what enzyme that they have that's not breaking it down or their tolerance is really high. Mm. And if their tolerance is too high, you've got another problem that they should be focusing on, which is helping you get off of that ethanol. So if you need right. you know, five, six, seven shots of whiskey to feel something, then 
see what happens if you take one or two cans of this. You might not have the buzz, but see if it relieves that craving. So that yeah. woman who had wine, she said she when she had her first can or even the first few sips, it was like the Star Trek scan from the top of her head to the bottom, like just relieving her desire to have wine. So people like That's that have to just change their mentality into uh, what their expectations are. If they're not feeling the buzz, you know, if their tolerance is really high, do you really need that? And can this just remove your cravings to go back to that? Um, so that's it. You know, a few people just haven't felt it at all. And we put mm -hmm. on our website, you know, we will re refund your money. And I've people send me back stuff that, you know, they don't like the taste. I'll refund your money if you don't like it. And some people won't like it because the taste buds are so varied. But we're hoping to get new flavors that are, uh, you know, much more sweet. So we have a blend. So, so we have a, a choice for people, people that want the unsweet and the people that want, you know, regular people who drink Cokes and Diet Cokes and stuff like that to get them, you know, into the fold as well. So hopefully we'll have the entire spectrum that, you know, something will, will work for them. But yeah, so mainly taste and then some people that just don't feel it, you know, mm. at all. And we don't know why, uh, you know, who knows? <laughs> Yeah, the enzyme thing makes sense. They got they got some they got something going on neurochemically or yeah. you know in their gut bacteria. Uh, what what is it sweetened with? Uh, monk. So we only have monk in there. Yeah, monk is the winner, huh? Yeah, uh, having more and more people that are opposed to, to stevia. Allulose is great and smooth, um, and we do have that in our Ke4. But we try to keep as few ingredients as possible in in the R13. We are working on diluting the ketone ester into a 12 ounce can. So it just tastes good. So no, no more of this, like ketone ester having to taste nasty. That's all about concentration levels. Like if you mm. have something that's 50% active, it's just going to be you know really rough, but really diluting it. And in that drink, we might throw everything at it. We might throw the monk fruit, the stevia, the allulose, all of it. Um, one of the benefits for putting all of it is that you can actually have less of each. So some people have reactions to certain ones. So you have less of it. And it also some of the sweetness is at the front of the palate or front of the uh, at the beginning of the drink. And some of the sweetness hits more at the end of the drink. So combining them, you know, there are some benefits. But for right now, we've we've just stuck with monk for the entire line. Do you when you say people have bad reactions, is it a palate thing or is it like a physiological thing? Both. So with the stevia, some people, the the metallic flavor that I don't. Yeah, that I, don't I can't do it. Just, pops out but stevia has actually evolved a lot if you haven't hmm. tried stevia in five years it's just a lot lot better they got rid of a lot of that metallic taste but some people it just jumps out at them and um other people it's i think it's related to like the poison ivy leaf like hmm. so people who have certain allergic reactions um to poison ivy the stevia doesn't settle well for them but this is like very very rare one out of a hundred i mean this is a very very rare thing but some people just don't respond well to stevia. They have to look in the label and make sure that it doesn't have, you know, any in there. Yeah, I, I can't do it. I, I, I'll eat anything, but the stevia just bugs me out. I, I, to, I, that metallic flavor just turns me off immediately. I just can't, yeah. can't hang with it. Um, well, I'd love to. I'd love now to go backwards a little bit and and walk through the the whole product catalog because uh, I really wanted to focus uh, on the R13 because I think it's super innovative. I think it's a really awesome option for folks who are, you know, dietarily conscious. That I mean, it's a it's a really I think it's a really cool product. I think it's going to take off like crazy. But I want to go back 
uh, to, to, if you could please walk us sure. through some of the other products that you have so that, uh, so that people have a, a broader awareness. So this is KE4 and it's a, I got a green screen. So I guess anything yeah, that's cool. <laughs> goes away. Um, and initially people, and this is like, you know, $30 a bottle. Uh, and, but people initially thought that you were going to have to drink one or two of these per day. That was initially the scientist's goal based on mice data and, you know, uh, grams per kilo of the per person. But then what we, our, our customers to that Facebook group started reporting back, Hey, Frank, you know, I know it says to take a full bottle, but I swear I took one or two, three capfuls and it was a better workout than, you know, using higher quantities. And what we found was that it works exponentially better on an empty stomach. Whereas all the mice data was given it not only fed, but fed with carbohydrates. So it's kind of like three steps forward and one or two steps back on an empty stomach. People are able to use much, much less so much so that the cap, the actual cap itself became the measuring tool. So that's about hmm. five MLs. So now we call a serving one of these caps and there's 12 of these per bottle. So it comes out to about, you know, $2.50 $2 per serving. And some people will just take one pre-workout. Some people will take two or three. Um, some people do it first thing in the morning. Some people do it just before a podcast. Some people do it just post-workout for the recovery aspect. So recovery of your muscles, but also your brain. So your brain kind of gets taxed on a, on a hard morning workout before going to work. And then using this to kind of bring your brain back to normal. Some people use it um, later in the day when they have the sundowning effect at three or 4 p.m. When, when they just, the, it's as if the brain isn't able to be fueled by glucose anymore and taking more mm. glucose doesn't do anything. So just uh, people start to, to fail and you give them the, the ketone ester and it kind of brings them back to their 10 a.m. normal self. It's not a stimulant like caffeine. It doesn't take you to 110 unless you take huge amounts and there are downsides to that, which I can get into but it just brings you back to your 100%, you know, flow state. Uh, there's a few famous podcasters. Um, you kind of mentioned people saying negative things about it and sales still go up and they were taking it pre podcast, but just way too much. And her comment was that, you know, she had to take a, go to sleep after the podcast, but she was taking 40 MLs about, you know, three fourths of this bottle, just taking way, way too much. So if you take too much, uh, the blood sugar drops and that can make you hungry, which is counter, you know, productive for certain people make you hungry, but also just make you uh, have excess energy. And then with, after that, you get a crash. Another misunderstanding is also, and she said this in the podcast that your blood ketones peak at 45 minutes and then they crash really fast and you have to take more and more. And what they misunderstand is that ketones don't do anything in the blood. They don't make it more red or more viscous. It's when it leaves the blood that it actually starts to work. So it might peak at 45 minutes, but then it gets into your cells and into your brain. And that's when it starts to work. Hmm. Um, and we're also seeing that it converts to acetoacetate and acetone and the Krebs cycle. And on a breath meter, we'll see your number still going up for you know, uh, two, three, four hours even. So you don't have to constantly be chasing you know, the DBHB levels in your blood and, and, and retaking it. Um, but yeah, KE4 people will take sometimes even half of a cap full to suppress hunger. Um, if you're already able to skip breakfast and lunch, you know, and you're doing one meal a day, then taking exogenous ketones, you know, maybe it'll help your brain, but it's not going to suppress your hunger more. It's not going to make you burn more fat. Like you're doing it yourself endogenously. Like there's no need for it, 
But if you know you can skip breakfast, but skipping lunch is tough. Great, take you know one to two dollars worth instead of lunch, and see if that carries you to three, four p.m. or even straight to dinner. Um, for that matter, people that normally can't eat skip breakfast, try using that instead of you know a fat coffee, which might have two to three hundred calories. Um, it'll raise your ketones some, the fat calories, but you know taking this, you have much less calories, same appetite suppression effect without all the extra calories and then take you to lunch. Um, and then some people will skip lunch uh, as well. Um, and then there quick, are K, the quick, KU1. Quick question. Yeah. yeah, before you before you cruise on. So I'm curious, like at such a small dose, you know, a capful uh, being, you know, uh, a sufficient dose for lots of folks, are you actually, is it actually even making it into the gut or is it just absorbing through the mouth and throat? I mean, with such a tiny little amount, is there any reason why I wouldn't want to like, go sublingual and let it sit there for two minutes and let it, let it absorb faster that way. We have had a few reports of people putting it under their tongue so they can take less. Um, so it's more cost effective. It just tastes, you know, not great, but often 80% of our customers for the KE4 don't even dilute it. Like they got used to the taste. And yeah. once you equate something that's good or bad tasting with benefit, then before you know it, that bad tasting thing is, is, is fine. So yeah, some people, I've had at least two or three reports of people saying, Hey, is there any reason why sublingually sublingual it might work? And you know, we've, we've tested it. We've, we've put it under people's tongues for a long period of time and then have them spit it out and test blood ketones and nothing was mm. able to rise. So it's not necessarily absorbing that way, but maybe it's absorbing, you know, another way. Uh, I don't know, but at that tiny amount, it's less of an energy a caloric, energy because there's calories and and energy and more of a, a signal so there's some papers mm. coming out saying is our ketone esters a signaling molecule or are they or are they you know straight calories energy and the answer of the paper is obviously both so these small amounts we don't know what's happening we don't know why it's signaling maybe it's signaling the body oh we're in the beginning of an endogenous ketogenic state so therefore you know maybe we should you know start thinking about you know uh, shutting down your, your desire to eat. Uh, you know, we don't know why the tiny amounts work. And one thing that's also interesting is we're learning. This is actually the first podcast I've actually talked about. I need to do a podcast. Uh, I need to do my own video on it. In in the past, there's been this chase for blood ketone numbers, DBHB levels, whether you take C8, which is a type of exogenous ketone, MCT oil, take ketone salts, racemic salts, ketone ester, R13, that uh, the, the people think that if the blood ketones reach one millimolar, it doesn't matter what product you took to get there. And that's what this new frontier for the next five years is going to be, you know, uh, explaining that, that that's not the case. So many companies are doing with what I call science hijacking. I don't even hmm. know if that's a phrase. I, have to, I need to Google it because what they do is these ketone salt companies say, hey, look at these scientific papers showing that ketones work. They don't say ketone salt. They don't say ketone esters. Look, this is proof that ketones work, even though it's ketone ester. Therefore, we're applying those expected benefits to our drink because, look, our drinks raise your blood ketones the same way. And just think that that's not going to be the case. In, in the long run, we'll see comparisons of different uh, ketones. And you'll I'm very confident you're going to see that the ketogenic that the ketone ester is significantly stronger. And it might have to do with the fact that the ketone ester enters into the bloodstream as an ester. An ester bond somehow increases uh, bioavailability and potency to get into the blood. 
and we can only test for D beta hydroxybutyrate. So there might be one or two millimolars of D beta hydroxybutyrate, but there might be half a millimolar, one millimolar of ketone ester itself that we can't test. So that, you know, testing for one millimolar isn't accurate if you got, you know, stacked ketone ester on top of it, or ketone ester might enter into the, uh, cross the blood brain barrier and actually enter into the brain as a fuel source directly. Cause we've had people that were selling ketone salts for four years. So they know the product. Well, they've taken high quantities, low quantities. They took a tiny amount of ketone ester and it just turned their brain on. And they're like, wait a second, I've been taking ketones for four years. It just, it didn't do that. And mm -hmm. you know, that's what I have to find a way to prove scientifically. Cause all these companies are making all of these claims, you know, backed by science. And it's like, show me the science ketone ester papers all of them hmm. and it's just it's just not the same thing it's not and now if it works for you great and it, you know, some of them are, are less expensive some some of them are actually more expensive ironically but some of them are less expensive and if it works for you great um but just make sure you're getting the caffeine free version because what you're feeling is the caffeine if you're getting a caffeinated version so that's the frontier for the next three to five years is hmm. are all exogenous ketones equal and uh, i think the answer is going to be no. And people are able to take much less one capful of this stuff where they're taking, you know, three or four times the amount of ketones of a competitor's product and saying, it's just not the same. Hmm. Awesome. Okay. Continue on, continue on. So, uh, with the, so we have KE one, which is a mixture of, so it has six times more water. It's mainly about taste. People who can't handle the taste of KE one, sorry, KE four, the stronger one. KE1 is a mixture, um, and it also has – the KE4 has stevia and allulose. We made the KE1 just with monk fruit for people that are very specific about um, different sweeteners. So this is a mix of – the active ingredient is ketone ester, 60%, but then it has a mixture of ketone salts and ketone-free acid. Um, so 20% ketone salt, so potassium, magnesium, um, sodium, calcium, a mixture of all four, and then it has – free acid, which is the uh, beta hydroxybutyrate without the salt added to it, or actually the salt taken off of it. You could drink it by itself, but then the pH is too low because it's acidic. That's why people have to put you know salt into it. But if you mix it as part of uh, a mixture with, with um, ketone salt and with ketone ester, then it all works well together. And you can dilute that in water and it actually tastes you know good. It tastes like a squeeze uh, of a peach. But if you take it by itself, it's got a little bit of a, you know, sour pucker your lips a little bit, but it's nothing like the ketone ester. And then we've got, um, but as far as, you know, strength on a per gram basis, the ketone ester still, you know, the KE4 still wins on that front. Um, mm -hmm. We try to equate the two with a, hey, if you drink this, it's similar to this, but it's still just not fully the same. And then we've got the, the snake water, which I had around here somewhere. Let me get. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that on the on the Facebook group, and people yeah. really like the snake water. So the snake water is a similar dilution um, as the KE one, but the, similar to, to to two bottles of this into one bottle. It was a 120 ml bottle. We dropped it by 20 ml, so it's now TSA friendly. So now you know 100 ml maximum. So we get because people were like, "Hey, I get, get busted by TSA." Um, and this one is all of the ingredients that I wanted to from you know, day one add to the ketone ester, but I couldn't because people are using it for clinical trials and people just want just the ester. They've got their own stack. And so this is just, you know, everything thrown in that, that works, you know, well with the ketone ester. 
for example, branched chain amino acids. Mm. Um, it's got isomaltulose, so it's a slow carbohydrate. So if you take too much ketone ester, we've had people drop out of marathon races and you know, lose the $10,000 prize that they're hoping because they took too much of the ketone ester because they think more is better. Blood sugar tanked and they were, you know, their legs were wobbling and they had to, they had to stop. Um, mm. So the isomaltulose, the idea of that is a slow carbohydrate so you don't get the insulin spikes, but then you kind of get a little bit of a floor so that the blood ketones won't pressure your glucose down too mm. much. Um, so that's, that's the main key ingredient to this is the slow carb, but then also the dynamine and tecrine, kind of similar to caffeine, um, that it really helps with alertness and, and brain cognition. But then it's got uh, cordyceps, super high quality cordyceps, huperzine A, L-theanine, you know, B12, um, taurine helps, helps keep the electrolytes in. So it's not a, a diuretic, L-carnosine, just basically the kitchen sink on this one. Um, and yeah, people are, are able to actually take less and less of this and find it sometimes even more. So it costs more on a cost per gram of ketone basis, but people are able to take less because it's so much more effective that it is, you know, ends up being you know, less expensive for people. Uh, and this one also you put into your water bottle and it just tastes like kiwi strawberry. We don't technically even put a flavor on here because if you're looking for flavor, this is not what you're, <laughs> this is not your, your, your thing, um, but it tastes you know fine straight up, but most people dilute it. So what's the dosage on that? So this one is, is four. We, it used to be two servings per bottle, but we changed it to four servings because people were like, Frank, you know, repeatedly taking only a quarter of a bottle. Um, so this is now four, four servings in a bottle. And we, we list exactly the amount of milligrams per item in, on the bottle. So we don't do the proprietary blend because I think it's, there's a lot of benefits of people knowing exactly what they're getting because they're yeah. they're pre-workout. They might want more of this, more of that. So you need to know what you're, yeah. what you're mixing it with. But it's packed with stuff. You got to shake it a little bit because it will settle. It's got it's got a you know a lot of stuff in there. Nice. You know what's keeping you from doing some sort of blockbuster deal with a beverage company that can make this at scale and drive the price way down and put it on every shelf in the country? Uh, understanding understanding there's education just, education there's just so much red there's so much noise out there so many thousands and thousands of products i mean shark tank will have 10 20 beverages on there you know per season and it's hard to really hard to really break through that and for people to understand that this is really just in a completely different class on its own and also those large companies they like to see you get to 50 million in sales on your own and then they like to come in. They don't like to come in at, you know, super early stage, you know, proof of concept. They, uh, but, you know, that is the goal. If we get, you know, the right connection and someone that understands it at an early enough stage, sure. Yeah. Let's bring this, you know, nationwide, get a, get a distribution deal and make it so that we're not shipping cans. Like literally we ship these, the maximum that FedEx will ship is a 50 pound box. So either 50 cans of the R13 or 72 cans of the small one. And hmm. people will buy an entire 50, uh, you will 50 pound box. Oh yeah. They'll buy the whole thing, you know, for the month or two, but it's just, it's not as efficient as, you know, selling them through distribution channels where they're already having trucks go to these, you know, liquor stores or even regular grocery stores. Um, but yeah, we have to figure out distribution and yeah. I would love to know the personality and lifestyle of the person that's buying 50 cans. Like, are they, 
are they triathletes are like on the 50 cans of the r13 no they're just no they're not they're not athletes they they just love it one is a you know this sounds bad but recovering alcoholic um but but let me explain that the husband did not allow her allow her to have any alcohol in the house because that was just their deal and she was recovering and but she's the one that was able to drink half of a can and put it back so you know she wanted to get the cost down she's like we'll buy 50 and they'll just you know Hmm. sit in our fridge for two to three months and they'll have one or two cans every once in a while and you know Hmm. and that's it yeah wow but but the the husband was a scientist as well so he understood the science he was able to you know read the papers on it and say oh this is not you know, this is not ethanol and ethanol. And, and, and actually another funny thing with ethanol is Asians. One fourth of Asians will get uh, red face when they drink regular alcohol. And that's the acetylaldehyde allergic reaction. So people will drink ours. We're at a conference, A4M. And the guy's like, oh, I haven't drank in, you know, 30, 40 years because I get flush. And I gave him a can, nothing. And wow. Like, you, you want another one? You know, we'll call it science and drink another one. N- nothing on the, on the red face. So wow. it, yeah, for, for the Asian market, when, when they understand this stuff as an alternative that, you know, won't uh, result in the flush. Yeah. Forget about it. Wow. My gosh. Well, it's super cool, man. I, I think the, the potential application well, the, the, the actual application of, of an ethanol alternative alcohol for performance, for, you know, boosting ketones, um, in addition to an off-ramp for people struggling with alcoholism as a, a potential way to not only reduce the amount of drink, like actual drinking that's happening, you know, if you're used to tipping back five, six glasses of wine, a whole bottle of wine or seven or eight beers or whatever, and, and that can you, can, you can gradually wean yourself off like that one woman that that's, that's incredible. And, and because like you've mentioned that, that sort of ramp up to that buzz in the first 15 or 20 minutes, does this thing to your brain that says, Hey, this is, you are drinking. This is, there's you do, you are feeling this buzz, um, followed by this sort of smooth relaxation and mood shift, mood enhancement. Um, I think that the, I think that the potential is, is incredible. And, you know, you're, Frank, you, for people that don't know, like you have been on the cutting edge, you continue to be on the cutting edge of, of these, of these products that have now that, that are, that are increasingly becoming ubiquitous where people understand how ketosis works, that they can take exogenous ketones, that they, that they can, um, increase their performance and their well being and, and stay lean and mean. I just, uh, my hat goes off to you, man. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for the product and I'm excited for, for the potential of where this goes. Yeah. I, w- I want to sponsor your next uh, poker match. I'll make sure you guys get, <laughs> get more of them and maybe you can, you can see who wins at the end of the night, the people with the R13 or the people <laughs> with the regular alcohol or do a, a non-scientific clinical trial. And you're also talking about, you know, getting people off of ethanol, but th- we have some examples of people using both. So this one guy is like a older former rock star where he would meet his friends every three months and they'd have this, you know, or six months have a bender and they'd have multiple bottles of wine, just, you know, three, four bottles of wine, just be completely smashed. And he was able to put in three of our drinks throughout the night. And he found that his regular ethanol consumption dropped by, you know, what 70, 80%. He just didn't need as much 
mm-hmm. and he woke up just night and day different than if he had the, you know, the multi bottle bender. So uh, on the positive front, we've, we've seen people use a combination just to have re- reduction in your ethanol. We had, did have one person who took it with ethanol and they said that they face planted onto their you know dinner plate that they just kind of got shut down. And I think, and they, they said not to mix them, but that was the only interaction we've seen with that. And I think what it was, my guess is low blood sugar mm-hmm. that they somehow triggered either they were fasting a day, two days, and then they, you know, put these things two, two together and, and their blood sugar crashed. Um, but that's the only you know, interaction that we've seen, you know, on the negative of that. So it can be used, you know, with, uh, with regular ethanol based. I, yeah. Yeah. I think that that one's an out, that one's an outlier. I think going, going into the summer season, people are going to be outside grilling, you know, 4th of July is coming up and, the, the popularity of hard seltzers, everyone's in that game now. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's now the go-to for so many folks on, on the weekends. I, I think that the potential for people to just have a better experience, a better 4th of July, where you can remember what you did, you feel good the next day. You didn't less drink. likely to have bar fights too. Regular <laughs> beer is like, it's more of an aggressive type drink. For sure. Needs to, bar fights this is more of a you don't see cannabis fights right you don't see cannabis you know uh stores having you know brawls like you do in a bar it's, it's more right. of a relaxing thing so you can get away from that you know bar fight scene it's classy i love it uh well where where can people go to find it how can they how can they purchase so if you go to hardketones.com that will actually route you to our instagram page so you can see you know doctors recommending it um four out of five doctors recommend r13 um and but you can purchase it on ketonaid.com so you can get it by itself or you can get it with some of the other exogenous ketones the ke4 and, and ku1 awesome the the final question if you recall is a fill in the blank question and uh, this can be just based on everything and anything that you know it doesn't have to be specific to to, to the products, but uh, you can elaborate as much or as little as you wish, but please fill in the blank. Everyone would benefit from knowing. Uh, it's all about sugar. That sugar is the devil. That's, that'd, be my, <laughs> that'd be my big thing. Fruit is the devil. It didn't work for Adam and Eve. It won't work for you, even if it's organic and locally grown. Um, that's my big thing that, you know, the first thing I ask someone when they're asking about their loved one, who's got maybe some mental challenges and they want to take ketone ester. The first thing I say is what are they eating? Yeah. Before you even take the ketone ester, are you having, you know, orange juice in the morning? Yes. Okay. You've got so much to work on before even coming over to the ketone ester. Um, so yeah, sugar is the devil. Fruit is the devil. Um, that'd be my, my, my big thing. Even before exploring ketones, um, get rid of the sugar. Half of the equation is lowering the sugar. And the other half of the equation is raising your ketones. And you, you got to do this. When I say sugar, keto people think of sugar as carbs. Non-keto people think of sugar as just white cubes. No, we're not mm. talking about white cubes. We're talking about what I call the five deadly sins, fruit, rice, bread, pasta, fruit. And I always say fruit twice because you want to have a, they want to have a half an hour debate on, well, what about this kind of fruit? Um, so yeah, sugar is the devil. And ketones are, are the opposite. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I, now, now I want to, I rarely do I 
not close after after that fill in the blank question, but I, I am curious for people who uh, who are you know maybe having gut issues. You know, carnivores seems to be increasingly popular, and I myself am. I think of myself as carnivore adjacent. You know, most of my calories in my one or two meals a day comes from animal proteins, and, and people have gut sensitivities and diverticulitis and you know, IBS and um, leaky gut and all this stuff. And, and it really does help because it simplifies your eating. And I wonder about if there's anybody, are there any carnivores in the Facebook group who, because a lot of people don't, don't eat, don't drink alcohol because it disrupts their, their digestion. Uh, people who are keeping it really simple, you know, mostly just eating animal products. So do you have any, any anecdotal uh, thoughts on that? Well, yes, I do. And as a vegan, I like to, as a vegan that's keto, I like to say, what do raw vegans and carnivore have in common? And people might say, well, how's that possible? They, what they have in common, both of them swear by it, fixing this and that. They both don't eat shit. They don't eat processed stuff. So right. it's not necessarily what you're eating. It's what you're not eating. What you're yeah. not eating is it's really the harm. So you can be raw vegan, even with fruit and probably, you know, do great, uh, you know, for some people. Um, but so with the carnivores, it's, it's more about just not eating by having this line in the sand say, Hey, I'm only eating meat. Then they're just not eating processed stuff. Um, but as far as, you know, gut, I, I don't have much experience. I, that whole gut mind connection is something that I'm trying to learn and better understand. So I don't understand that very well. Um, and we don't have many reports of people, you know, whether R13 somehow works in a carnivore diet. We haven't had any gut complaints at all that's um, good rarely with the ketone ester maybe if someone takes too much or someone has you know super sensitive gut you know perhaps but it, it just doesn't it doesn't come up nothing like the c8 where people get gut mcto where people get gut issues all the time like that you know rarely happens so yeah i, I wouldn't know r13 whether it's compatible technically with the uh the carnivore diet interesting well, uh, hopefully somebody in the Facebook group will step up and, and do a little, do a little test. Well, this has been so incredible. You know, I, I, I fully expect you to continue to be making the podcast rounds and, uh, and talking about the product, because I think it's, I think it's a really small, smart alcohol alternative, you know, this, this anti-ethanol, um, uh, idea is just really powerful, especially for people who want to live, live a high quality, productive life. Super cool. Frank, thank you so much for returning to the optimal performance podcast. All right. Thank you very much.